episode five, Mary? Yeah, episode five, Leaky. Of Airy Fairy Podcast. A solid look at the far out or something like that. And uh, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's been supporting us in the start and launch of this new journey in podcasting together. Today's topic is what, Mary? Anger. Today anger. we thought we'd, we'd have a look at anger and see what's the point of anger? Is there a reason to be angry? Is it something we should suppress, something we should promote? Is it something that we should be ashamed of? And is it something that has been so-called spiritually frowned upon? What happens when we're angry but we absolutely do nothing about it? You know, we're seething inside. I see a lot of people who are angry that have suppressed their anger to the point where they feel nothing. So let's start with perhaps passive anger because I think that's the type of anger a lot of people are unwilling to recognise, unwilling to accept, unwilling to take responsibility for. Yeah, and, and I actually I have to agree with you there, Aliki. I feel that it's quite toxic, this passive aggressiveness or a, a self-righteousness. I think it can come across as being quite mean that the person who's who's feeling this anger and doing nothing about, they're being mean to the other people, but they think they're justified in it. It's a purposeful malice and brutality yeah. type of anger. And this one is the most insidious and toxic, I feel, of all the angers because it's so hard to show itself again depending on whether the outburst is angry so we're going to talk about you know healthy anger outbursts or healthy yeah. displacement of anger as well when if someone is showing that they're angry or saying that they're angry you know where you stand but it's someone that doesn't show that they're angry or not expressing their anger that you don't actually know where you're standing with that person so it then takes it into this game type of format with a passive-aggressive stance or passive-aggressive person. Because it can become so unstabilising for the other party to not know where to put their footing because they're just thinking that they're being them and they're just doing them, I'm doing me. But this person, for some reason, is being so mean and nasty to me. And I think I found in therapy... It can be a challenge for me to get this point across to people that perhaps even though they may be justified in potentially being angry when we can talk through it and have the client realise what the anger's about, once I can actually help them realise they're angry, and there often is a reason, there's probably frequently a very good reason for people to be in this kind of behaviour. However, they're lacking the strength or the power or the communication skills to be able to step up and have a communication with the, with the person. So instead of stepping up and speaking about, well, you know, this has really annoyed me what you've done, or when you do this, this is a challenge to me, they're bottling it down and bottling it down and bottling it down. And then it comes out as, oh, of course you do something like that. You always do stuff like that, for example. Very well said. So we'll go into the communication of anger then. So the communication of anger is the key. This is where people fall short in regards to how to communicate it, whether it's in their family, 
whether it's in their personal relationships, whether it's in business relationships, whether it's just meeting someone for the first time or integrating something into their life in a different way. They're not able to say, look, I'm really angry right now with you. What you did has triggered me and I'm quite angry and I really need to deal with my anger right now around you. And if I can just back the truck up a little bit, I would say the first step would be the client to recognize that they're angry and to maybe have an understanding of what it is that they're angry about prior to launching into the conversation. So recognition of that emotion. And often that emotion is downplayed. And I see this a lot with particular belief systems and conditioning, I'll say. I see this repeatedly in people that are quite highly spiritual people that don't tend to want to acknowledge a level of anger as being a normal part of life. And I find the ability to recognize anger within themselves, not everyone, I'm going to just say, just doesn't apply to every spiritual person, but I do tend to see it frequently, that inability to want to recognize and express anger. But I agree, Leaky, that it, it actually does go against the grain of love and acceptance for people to get angry. And that's, that's a reasonable assumption to make. However, if we all just accepted everything that was thrown our way without question, there would be anarchy everywhere. At some point, we do need to bring up our point of view and our position on something. And if there's been something that we've been wronged by, for me, the definition of anger is if somebody feels that what happened wasn't justified, wasn't right. And so if you take that definition of anger, that a person has gone into a position where they feel that whatever happened was not justified, if you try and take a broader spiritual viewpoint and you suck that down, of course it's going to come out in another way that's unintended. Even applying that acceptance, generosity of spirit, love and infinity connection, it won't hold up unless the anger has been broken down. So then you find that a person is coming from that place of, yes, I'm wholehearted, I forgive and I I wish that person well. I wish them, there's a saying that they use a lot of love and light. It doesn't always come from the right place. It comes still from that passive aggressive anger. It becomes a, I'm a better than you type of a situation. I'm going to take the higher road than you. And I'm just going to wish you well with love and kindness and peace. Even though I'm on the high road and you're on the low road. That way of communicating is a miscommunication of the anger as well. That person is still holding anger. That person is still holding frustration or resentment, which then brings me to another way of diluting anger. I love this one. I hear this a lot. I'm not angry. I'm frustrated. Trying to minimize the impact of anger and how much anger they have. Yes, absolutely. Because frustrating is a bit more palatable, isn't it, than being angry. And it's another form of anger. Same category. And I feel that trying to diminish anger in any way is actually diluting what we notice 
about that particular event that's created the problem. Whereas if we own it as people and say, you know, I'm really angry about this incident, what is it about this? And, and you know, I'm not talking about full-blown rage because I think that's a different, we'll talk about that later. That's right, if, it's a whole different area. Yeah, but I think if somebody's done something or said something where you just go, this doesn't feel right, this, this is not acceptable to me. If you sit back and you go, what is it that's going on about this, this scenario? What is it that's really affected me? And then you allow that, the processing time it's due, and then you front, like you said earlier, Aliki, that person with that communication, you're a lot clearer and in a better position to be able to communicate it and to actually then have your needs met through that dialogue. Whereas I feel perhaps in the past where people have got angry, and, and my prime example is looking at young children. I love watching young children because they get angry they know what they want. <laughs> they absolutely want that lollipop or they really want that toy or they want to keep staying at the park. And they get angry because the parent's not allowing them to have it or they're being told they've got to leave. What do we do as adults? We mock the child. We diminish their right to be angry. We tell them to move on. So from an early conditioning, we're taught it's not safe for us to be angry. It's not safe for us to express our viewpoint because I'm just going to get someone to beat it out of me. I like the idea of allowing us, in some way we have to retrain ourselves to say, well, it's safe for us to actually take this injustice because for me, if I reframe anger as an injustice of some description, this kind of anger we're talking about as opposed to the full-blown rage, what do I do with this injustice? Am I going to sit there and keep sucking it up? Or am I going to make a decision and, ch and change things? Anger is also a feared emotion to be on the receiving end of. This is another thing I've seen working with clients. Not being able to be with another person's anger towards them. Not wanting to receive it, sit with it, acknowledge it or understand it. The running away from the anger is part of not dealing with anger as well. In a harmonized relationship, when people have known each other for some time, there's going to be things that come up. And how those situations occur are going to determine the way that those two people handle the disagreement or conflict. Anger also provides a message. It does something. It clears something. So it brings something to the surface. It can be a standard that has been dismissed or misunderstood or a boundary that's been crossed, or it can be a standard in oneself that has been lowered. So then we look at self-anger and the anger at self and how something in us has not been carefully regarded or minimised or not upheld within ourselves. Another level of anger is unresolved, deep hidden grief. And that can show itself in very destructive ways. That can be a very destructive type of anger as well. Because I think what I really noticed, Aliki, is that anger is such a powerful emotion. It's such a big emotion. And when somebody unleashes 
on somebody else. There's a there's a fear actually on both ends. When I've when I've worked with angry people, they fear it. They fear themselves in that anger. And when I've worked with people on the receiving end of it, they fear the other person's wrath if they were to engage that way and to erupt. And and I guess what I really wanted to talk about now is that that rage anger that is quite frightening to people because for me this really big out of control anger is is the trauma rage anger if somebody's got goes from zero to a hundred there is absolutely no way that anger management is going to work there's no point to anger management if somebody's got the rage of trauma within them and, and that kind of anger is absolutely to be feared. And when you see people, I mean, the, the latest buzzword we hear, I hear the youth talking about is, oh, this person triggered me. I'm feeling triggered. And, and anybody who's been around someone who's got the trauma rage would know you do not touch these triggers for that person because if you do, that wrath will come down on you. But the really good news with trauma rage is you take away the trauma, the rage goes away, the trauma rage goes away. And then that person is left with, yeah, I get angry and that's okay because I should be angry at some of the things I get angry about. But that lit match to petrol, that that incredible zero to 100 anger, you know, and I see it a lot when I work with um, people that have had a lot of bullying in their childhood or they've got learning difficulties because they've had such a prolonged exposure to the injustice that they have received, they go from zero to 100. And, you know, you talk to their teachers and they'll go, oh, we try to implement anger management strategies, but they don't, you know, the, the, the kid is unable to um, or unwilling to implement them or that, that child's unwilling to talk themselves down. Of course they are because they feel justified in the anger they feel justified in taking a stand at a time when they can because in the past they just got walked all over. And often with anger management, it's about managing anger, not dealing with that core trigger. So unless we deal with the emotional body where most of this information is, the emotional body stores the content and all the memories and all the residual and the actual intensity of that experience. Until we do the release work around what has enmeshed with that whole anger, trauma situation, that energy is so big, it's so intense that it needs breaking down because that person's emotional body is not handling it or they could go into actually some kind of illness as well. A lot of people who are ill have unresolved anger. You know, they'll really turn it on themselves. They could turn it into some kind of autoimmune condition or a cancer perhaps. And it, for me, that becomes such a toxic way of dealing with it. Because the emotions have imploded on the inside. So they've imploded internally instead of expressing it outwardly or verbalising it or crying or, or having some sort of outlet to express the anger. 
All and the we've rage. said that is in a healthy way. And we've said this too before, Aliki, when you know, when we were talking about other things, that you know, giving people the space and the time to be able to explore this stuff is so vital. It's so vital for us as people to have the opportunity to, to explore these ideas and these concepts and our own emotional bodies because again as a young as young children we're told to settle down stop crying that's not acceptable for you to be upset about that stop doing that behavior because it makes me feel uncomfortable we as therapists increasingly untrain people from the training that they've received in their early messaging when I have someone in front of me I can feel in my energy body when they're angry and some of these people have sworn to me that they don't feel that or that they don't recognize that but later on as we get talking it comes to them then they are real with themselves about the anger and about the situation and it becomes one of those things that they didn't even recognize how much anger that they had been holding on to and for how long for it's that suppression and pushing down and living in the subconscious that you know working with someone like you gives them the opportunity to absolutely bring up onto the surface to deal with and that anger always has a a strong justification there's some negotiation sometimes with people being willing to let go of anger let go of their as you mentioned earlier on, the righteousness around it, the justification that they have around it. And to be honest, some of them have very strong justification to feel this anger. I would say anger generally is quite justified as well. I I do agree with that. It is a power. And when we realise that anger from a you know, once the slate is clean, and again, if we just step away a little bit from the trauma, rage, lip match to petrol anger, when we start to realise that when I start to become angry, that becomes like my litmus test of where I am. And I may not take that anger and, and do anything about it because it just for me becomes a signal of noticing, well, actually, I was angry about this particular situation. Let me explore that a little bit further. Before it gets too big, too deep, too hidden or too sidelined, because then you've got that opportunity to make a decision about, well, actually, is this something that I'm going to then go and have a conversation with or is this something that I'm prepared to let go? And that with my heart open, I am choosing and making that decision to just say, yeah, okay, this, in this situation, I acknowledge X, Y, Z and I can move through that. And the acknowledgement of the power that anger provides because it does give a power to the person and partly underneath that anger can be a a whole world of pain and hurt and heartache so not being willing to feel that pain and that hurt and the sadness the anger offers a cover So they prefer to to feel the anger instead of that pain. If we take that anger away, that anger has perhaps been their driving force 
to continue with life and do what they need to do. It fuels them. It fuels them. So if we take that away now, what is going to be their fuel? Where are they going to get their power from? Showing them what we can help them replace it with that's going to give them a very different type of power because that's the real power that they are searching for in their life that is missing somehow, but they didn't have access to it. So we show them the access to that and how to draw it in and utilise it. And to me, it's like the other side of the coin. You know, when you've got one side is one way, which is the dark side, and then the other side is actually the light that enables you to be powerful in a very, very different way. And when your client realises that they're able to be like that, then that is a real gift. It provides freedom. It provides an element of freedom. Showing anger can be a very powerful tool. It can transform your relationships if you express it in a healthy way. It can have you get clear on what is happening inside of you when you recognise perhaps there's some standards that may have been dropped within you that you're not living by. It can be a cover of pain. And for me, sometimes, as we've said to it, it's, it's a misplaced sense of power. And when we realise that we can find power in so many more healthy ways, in ways that are compatible with loving, healthy relationships, then we do not need to resolve to being passive-aggressive. We don't need to be taking the high road or, or allowing somebody to be less than us so that we can feel better than them. We're more on an equal playing field. So I really encourage people to welcome anger, the healthy anger, because it's just, again, another signal and, you know, if we look at the vibration of anger, it's a very low vibration. So to keep that vibration of anger within us is only lowering our consciousness. So allowing us to, to tap into it, to read it, to release it and to transform it, to transform it lifts us. I'm going to add to what you said. It may be a low vibration only if it's expressed through the solar plexus. But when you learn to bring it up into the heart center, it becomes very powerful and a useful way of handling and dispersing it. We're getting to the end of the, our time together, Aliki. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think we've covered everything that we can in the time that we've had so far. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Airy Fairy podcast. We encourage you guys to reach out. We'd love some more ideas on what you'd like to hear about because at the moment we're bringing up topics that we are hearing and seeing in our clinic. So drop us a line at airyfairypodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us individually. My website is marylynch.com.au and mine is thepathclearer.com. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.